You'll have to bear with me as I wrestle with technology here. It'll be strange I'll be carrying this around here because I'm recording. I don't want to go too long. So my brothers and sisters, it's a great joy to be with you again. It's been two years, I think, actually, since I've been here. Church looks beautiful, very, very nice. So you should all be very proud of the accomplishment of these renovations. Today, what I'd like to focus on is the question of life. We see this in our second reading, we see it in our gospel. Jesus in the gospel says life does not consist of riches. And in our epistle to the Colossians, St. Paul tells us what life is all about. He says your life is hidden with God in Christ. And therefore we should not seek those things which are on earth, but those which are in heaven, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. My brothers and sisters, true life consists in God's own life, which is a supernatural, heavenly, eternal life that's been given to us in baptism. And each one of us has been made a participant of this wonderful divine life. And I'm going to contrast this life, very importantly, over against natural life, earthly life. And the big distinction between the two is the, is this, simple, very simple. With supernatural life, with natural life, let's start there. With natural life, the more I have of it, the less you have of it. When it comes to material goods, earthly things, there's the principle of scarcity. The more that I have, the less that you have. The more that you have, the less that I have. And that's the source of conflict, okay, because we fight over limited resources. And this is how animals behave. So we can talk about animal life in terms of natural, uh, in terms of, we can talk about natural life in terms of animal life. And uh, people who are experts with wildlife, they study these patterns of animal behavior. And they see that this is how it operates. There's a battle over scarcity. That's the nature of natural life, is it's scarce. Supernatural life is very different. It's not that the more that I have of it, the less that you have of it. Actually, the more that I have of it, the more that you have of it. And I don't have to take it to get more. In fact, to get more of supernatural life, I give it. So the more supernatural life that I give, that I let go, that I share, the more that I actually have. So it's the exact opposite of natural life, of animal life. That's a beautiful thing. You know, a wonderful concrete illustration of this principle is at the Easter Vigil. And if anybody has attended the Easter Vigil, and I encourage you to do so, it's the most important liturgical feast of the year, we have a ritual whereby at the, at the beginning of the liturgy, at the, at the, uh, at the entrance, there's a fire. And that fire is a symbol of Christ's life. And the Paschal candle is lit from that fire. And then everybody else who has a candle participates in that flame from the Paschal candle. And lo and behold, as we share that flame, it doesn't diminish, but it grows. It grows, you see. And this is what's going on in our gospel today. Jesus is very indignant He's really kind of disgusted with this guy. 
And on the surface of things, you might think to yourself, well, why is Jesus so disgusted with this guy who wants simple justice? There's some kind of unfairness that's going on here. Probably his older brother has taken more than his fair share of the inheritance, and this younger guy just wants his fair share. And so on the surface, ostensibly, it looks like it's an issue of justice. But Jesus knows what's really going on. Because not only the guy with the unfair share, but also the guy who got wronged are operating on the level of the earthly and the natural. And that's the source of their conflict. And Jesus is not about to be roped into that. Jesus is up here. He's not going to be pulled down to the earth, to the animal level, where these squabbles and conflicts over scarce resources take place. Okay? So that's the whole issue of going on here. And that's why Jesus is very, he's really kind of disgusted with the guy. Because he knows that true human dignity is not animalistic. It's angelic. We are called, my brothers and sisters, not to be animals, but to join the ranks of the angels. And with the angels, the higher up, the angelic hierarchy they are, they get there by giving more, not by taking the guy who's below them, they don't, they don't climb the ladder of the angelic hierarchy by pushing him down. In fact, the more that you help someone up that angelic ladder, that angelic hierarchy, the higher you go. And that's the principle of supernatural life. I've got a story here to illustrate this. Recent book I, li- I uh, listened to, an audio book, is um, there's a famous primatologist, Jane Goodall. Now, a primatologist is someone who works with orangutans and baboons and chimpanzees and whatnot. They're experts in these kinds of animals, okay? And she focused on chimps. And her work was groundbreaking. She started in the 60s, and it really came to a head in the 70s. And she studied uh, a tribe of chimpanzees in Tanzania, which is a country in Africa, the southern part, right on the eastern coast. And there was a national park, and she was there, and she observed the behavior of chimpanzees for decades, decades. And uh, she overturned a lot of myths. At first, people thought that chimpanzees were vegetarians. But then she observed them hunting little monkeys from another species and eating them. So, okay, that myth is gone, right? And she went through a kind of a a little bit of a change of mind, but a change of heart, too, because she kind of wanted to believe that these animals were peaceful, but they're not, all right? When she was a little kid, she had a stuffed uh, animal that was given to her. It was a monkey, not a teddy bear. And so she wanted the chimpanzees that she studied to be like that stuffed animal, but they turned out they weren't. And it reminds me of a story, too, from my childhood. When I was a kid, I had a fascination with chimpanzees. I wanted a pet chimpanzee. And I begged my... You know, there was the the, uh, TV show, BJ and the Bear. There was this cool guy who drove around in a big 18-wheeler, and he had a pet chimpanzee. I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so I begged my dad to get a chimpanzee, and he said, No, 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 you're not going to get a chimpanzee. It's going to climb all over the china cabinet and poop all over the china cabinet. Well, my dad thought the worst thing a chimpanzee could do is poop all over the china cabinet. But according to Jane Goodall's observations, they can do much worse than that. And so she actually observed a civil war break out amongst this chimp tribe. 
And what was it over? It was over scarcity of resources. Limited space, limited food, limited mates. There was an alpha male who died. There was another chimp who took his place. Two other chimps didn't like the fact that he was there. There was constant conflicts. There was a stalemate. They split up, according to blood relations, into two different tribes. And then this tribe, the northern tribe, systematically annihilated all the males of the southern tribe. And this was observed over the course of four years. And then the females who were left were reappropriated back into that northern tribe. Very, very... And, and, you know, Jesus in our gospel knows that this is what's going on, you see. Because he, these two subordinate chimps, so to speak, come to him and they want him to be the alpha male. They want him to step in and use his social status and his power to arbitrate between the two. Jesus is not going to play the role of the alpha male. Because you know what the alpha male, his fate is? He always gets taken down. Okay? And that's what happened to Jesus, the, the Pharisees. They were, they were envious of him because he got more disciples than them. You see, limited resources. Wait, he's got more than us. We hate him. We're going to kill him. And that's, that's how it goes. And Jane Goodall, as she had to face these, the, the ugly side of her beloved chimpanzees, she said she would wake up in the middle of the night and she would have visions of these chimpanzees and their violent acts, these completely brutal and barbaric violent acts that they were perpetrating against each other. She'd have them flashing through her mind. And she, and she would name them, too. Each of the chimpanzees had a name. So the one of them was named Goliath, another one was Figgin. Figgin was the alpha male in the northern tribe. And Figgin and Goliath used to be buddies. In fact, Figgin used to look up to Goliath. Okay? So when a, a, a young male chimpanzee is growing up and he's separating from his mother, he looks to, he picks out some adult male in the community to imitate. And the, the adult, uh, chimpanzees do th- they, they display, they take these sticks in their hands and they beat trees and they stomp on them and they go, they, they make themselves look all tough and everything. And so the little chimps learn how to do that from the big chimps. So Goliath, so Goliath used to be the role model. For Figgin, but Jane Goodall would see Figgin killing Goliath. Is that is that horrible? You know, and we look at these things and we start to see ourselves that human beings can descend to the level of the animal. And that's what's most disturbing about the studies of these primatologists is that they actually reflect our own behavior when we are not living according to the life of God. We are not living according to the life of God. I wonder to myself sometimes of these two brothers in the gospel. Was that older brother who took more of his fair share, had he at one point been the hero and the idol of the younger brother? Now the younger brother wants to get revenge on him? How tragic is that? That we as human beings can descend to that kind of animalistic level. My brothers and sisters, the good news is, and this is the end of my homily, the good news is that we are not bound to descend to the level of the animal because God's supernatural life has been given to us. And it's not something we need to fight over. And all human beings are our brothers and sisters. And there's no scarcity of resources when it comes to the life of God. The more that we give it, the more there is for everybody to share and to participate in. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So are, what are there? Are there petty squabbles in your, in your life? Co-workers, in-laws, family... 
Examine yourself and say, wait a second, is this descending to the level of the natural and the animal? Or am I living according to the life of God? Confidence that I don't have to fight and kill over this. But confident that the more that I give of love and forgiveness, the more there is for everybody to share and to go around. And that, my brothers and sisters, is what life is all about. It's the life of God.